You're listening to another life-transforming message from C3 Church San Diego. For more information on our church, go to c3sandiego.com. Well, it is just an incredible privilege and honor to be able to speak and minister, especially, to be honest with you, on this pulpit. Um, It's sacred to me. I know um, some of the behind the scenes of the price that was paid so that we could have the campuses that we do. And I just want to honor Pastors Jurgen and Leanne. What amazing human beings that they are. Yeah, let's give them a big clap. I know they're not here. They'll hear this on podcast. But I know that I wouldn't be who I am without them. People that know how to raise and release, how to pour in, how to see things that we might not even see in ourselves. And so I know I'm a product of who they are and I'm so appreciative. I'm so appreciative of the team here. Pastors Drew, Emma, Mike, Katie, the whole team. Amazing. So I'm going to pray, and then we are going to get into the message tonight. We're going to have a fun time. So just pray with me. God, oh God, Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you, God, Lord, that you are who you say that you are. Lord, I thank you that you are unchanging, Father, that your character is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we entrust, we thank you for this time that we have together. We know it's not by accident or by chance, but by divine appointment that we are here tonight to hear from heaven, to hear from you oh God, Lord, that my words wouldn't be mine, but that they would be yours spoken through me tonight. Lord, I thank you for receiving of your word. And I thank you that after tonight, the testimonies, the miracles, the signs and wonders will flow from us who believe in you. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, I'm going to preach a message that I really felt on my heart. There were so many things that I, um, you know, was wanting to say, but coming into this season, into Christmas on the cusp even of 2020, I felt God really asked me to speak on a a word that I think is going to help us during this season. I want to speak on joy. I want to speak on the beautiful gifts that God gives us, and it's going to be a bit practical. It's going to be a bit fun. I'm going to tell a few stories, Um, but I really felt to preach a message called Jolly Good Gifts. Mike Yeager was prophesying when he was praying. He was talking about joy, and it's true. God has some jolly good gifts. And the reason I felt so passionate about this is because sometimes when we come into the Christmas season and we come to the end of a year, there can be just sometimes a bit of, you know, a a rain cloud over us. Or we start to think about, you know, the possibly interesting family dynamics that we may or may not have. And we may think of, you know, know, that maybe this season isn't the typical dinners around the table at Christmas or, um, you know, it's, it maybe brings up some pain or heartaches of the past. And next thing you know, and I was kind of hearing, to be honest, a bit of whispers of just the, you know, kind of the, almost the, the complaint or the heaviness around this season of, oh, which family do I go to and how do I do this? And, all. and I'm not here to pretend that bad things don't happen or that pain doesn't exist. But I really felt to preach a word that breaks the chains of, of, of the brokenness of the pain of those things. Yes, they are real, but when we lean into God, we can receive peace that surpasses understanding. We have gifts that God has given us. And I believe this, that we can lean in to the nooks and crannies of hope and of joy and of peace. And when we look for those things, we find them. 
So I'm excited to share a message. You know, we're in a series, Jesus is King. Thank you, Kanye West. I'm slightly obsessed with Kanye right now. Yeah, and I'm excited to preach in that theme because it's true. When Jesus is King, uh, it brings a peace and a settledness in our hearts, doesn't it? And he's enthroned, even when we think life is chaotic. He's sitting down. He knew this moment was gonna happen. He knew this season. He knows the things about us. And yet he calls us good and gives us good gifts. So I'm gonna preach a message. Uh, My first point is this. You are God's favorite gift. You are God's favorite gift gift. Listen to what the Bible says in James 1:17 through 18. Every gift God freely gives us is good and perfect, streaming down from the Father of lights, who shines from the heavens with no hidden shadow or darkness and is never subject to change. God was delighted to give us birth by the truth of his infallible word so that we would fulfill his chosen destiny for us and become the favorite ones out of all of creation. You are his favorite out of all of creation, out of everything that he designed and created, the planets, the world, the creatures, the animals. He looked at us and he went, you're my favorite. And I think somebody here tonight needs to know that you are his favorite. Some of us can think, well, how could that be true? Like, you know, I've heard it said like, you know, I wasn't even meant to be here or, you know, I'm an accident. I wasn't even purposed. My parents didn't even, you know, try for me or I was adopted or I've heard all of these stories. But here's the truth. There is no accident. Not in God. Not when it concerns you. Now, our parents may have had something to do with our birth, but God is the only creator of life that I know. And it doesn't matter the circumstances around our birth. God purposed you and I in his heart, and he wanted one of you. He, he, he thought of you before time began. And he knew even in, in birthing us sometimes into a very dysfunctional world or a dysfunctional family, and yet he said, I want one of you. I want you on this planet. Listen to what the Bible says in Psalm 139, 13 through 18. You form my innermost being, shaping my delicate inside and my intricate outside, and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. See, men, women are complex. God says that, although he doesn't just say it about women, but I'll concur, yeah. Um, for making me so mysterious, mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. You, God, even formed every bone in my body when you created me in the secret place, carefully, skillfully shaping me from nothing to something. You saw who you created me to be before I became me, before I had ever seen the light of day. The number of days you planned for me were already recorded in your book. Every single moment you are thinking of me. How precious, how wonderful to consider that you cherish me constantly in your every thought. Oh God, your desires towards me are more than the grains of sand on the seashore. How beautiful is that? God spoke that about you and about me. 
And I believe tonight, even as I approach the rest of the message tonight, I wanna give an opportunity for us to receive who Jesus is. I want us to receive and, and know that we can have our eternity reconciled, yes, but also that we could live a life on planet Earth, not surviving, but thriving. You didn't just happen on planet Earth. You were thought about before time began. You were thought with purpose. You were thought with intent. You were thought with already a destiny shaped in your heart. And though we might be learning about that now, we can know today that God wanted you, that God wanted me, that God wanted us on this planet. And I've got a whole lot planned in this message, but I don't wanna go any further without asking the question, have you received Jesus into your life? Have you received Him into your heart? In fact, I'm going to ask us to all close our eyes, even right now. I feel the presence of God in this place. And I want to pray for all of us. And I want to pray for those of you specifically who maybe were struggling with your identity or struggling with, with knowing that you were purposed on this planet. I also want to pray for people maybe that have received Jesus at one time in their life, but if you were honest tonight, you know that your heart has grown cold. The struggles, the things that you have been through have been real. And maybe you've put up some walls or hardened your heart a little bit, and tonight you want to regroup, refresh, and invite Jesus, the God of the universe, to be on the inside of you, to give your life a fresh and a new so that you can walk out every good gift from heaven above, every joy that He has set before you, you can receive. So I'm gonna um, ask you to do something really brave. I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand if that's you. And I'm not gonna ask you to come forward just for sake of time, but right there where you are, in your heart of hearts, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, joy beyond measure, eternity reconciled. If that's you in this place, would you just raise your hand up real nice and high? And, and, and also, if, if, if you're one of those people that have done it before, but really felt your heart growing cold and tonight just wanna receive Jesus afresh and anew, would you raise that hand up real nice and high so I can see it? We're just gonna pray together. I see that hand, beautiful, beautiful. I see those hands, the two of you, praise God. He's got a new day for you. He's got more in store than what you thought. Anybody else in this place, just go ahead and lift a hand and I'm gonna include you in this prayer right now. Yes, I see that beautiful hand. God's moving on your heart, sweetheart. He's got a beautiful destiny for you. You're right where God needs you to be. Thank you, Lord. See that hand, good sir, in the middle. God's got so much in store for you, a mighty man. Once you put your hand up, you can put it down. Praise you, God. All right, one last call. Anybody else, just give me a big wave. We've had a whole bunch of you tonight. Awesome. We're going to pray a prayer together. And us as a church family, we are going to pray this prayer together. And then we're going to learn some truths about who we are in Jesus. And your whole life can change in this moment as you receive Jesus as your Savior, Jesus as your joy. So let's all together, let's pray this prayer. Thank you, God. Come on, let me hear you. Thank you, God for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, for my life. 
I receive you, Jesus, into my heart. I thank you that my eternity is reconciled. I thank you that I get to live life on planet Earth with joy beyond measure, beyond what I could ever have dreamt of, because that is the kind of God that you are. Come on, let's hear a big clap and a big praise for salvation in this house. How good is God? Come on. And for those of you that uh, raise your hand and receive Jesus for the first time or received him again in your life and begin to um, open your hearts to him so that you haven't grown cold, but instead you've grown soft and you can really receive Jesus into your life. So tonight, um, after the message, we're gonna have some people right here at the response lounge. We've got a gift for you, a Bible and a book by our pastor that we wanna give you. So that at the end of the service, just go ahead and see them and we'll give you those gifts. All right, I need a praise clap. Give God some praise. I'm so excited for you guys. All right. The Bible says in John 10, 27 through 30, my own sheep will hear my voice and I know each one and they will follow me. I give to them the gift of eternal life and they will never be lost and no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. My father who has given them to me as his gift is the mightiest of all and no one has the power to snatch them from my father's care. The father and I are one. So we are God's favorite. We are also God's eternal gift. How good is that? So it's really cool that during Christmas season, we begin to invite people to the house of God. We begin to invite people into a love that they've never experienced before. Because the one thing we can take to heaven are friends. The one thing that we can take to heaven are souls. So this is a great time to begin to reach out to people. All right, number two. So you're God's favorite gift. You're his eternal gift, which is a good thing. Now, number two, the gift of generational awesomeness. I know you might be thinking very simple, Stacy, but I have a simple mind. And so I'm just going to speak really simply and practically today. Generational awesomeness. What does that mean? I know, um, and, and I'm a part of it, we, you know, we are a breakthrough church. We speak a lot on breaking off the chains of our past, on generational junk and things that can um, really wreak havoc on our life. And I 100% believe in that, love to move in the power of God. But I felt God say something unusual, I thought, to me. And I, I, I felt God say, not only do I break off generational things and curses and ill spirits and all those things, but you know what? I also passed down some really awesome things. A lot of times we focus on the negative, but tonight we're going to focus on the positive. We're going to look at our family lines and go, you know what? What great gift got passed down to me? What generational awesomeness has come to me? And some of you might be thinking, well, my family, I don't know if I could pick out, you know, anything in my family. I am sure if you look good and hard, you're going to find a few things that you have received from your family line that is awesome. 
And just in case we can't, then we can know that God passes generational things down to us. The Bible says, and you will hear it over and over in the Bible, from generation to generation, my faithfulness. From generation to generation, mercy. From generation to generation, my grace. God passes down wonderful gifts to you and I. So what are the traits? What are the characteristics of things that we can be grateful for? You know, Psalm 105 says, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. So I started to look at, okay, God, what are some of the awesome things that have been passed down to me? I thought about my grandma who has beautiful nails. These are beautiful nail beds. Whenever I go get my nails done, Every time somebody does my nails, they say, oh, you have beautiful nail beds. You have so beautiful nail beds. I've never do accents. It's not a good thing. But anyways, I do thank my grandma for awesome nails. I'm really grateful to my dad um, because he passed down something to me that is awesome. My dad is good under pressure. My dad's good under pressure. Like the sky could be falling and my dad would be like, right, this is what we need to do. And I feel a little bit of that in me. It's like when the world is falling apart, I'm like, all right, what can be done? I am optimistic by nature. I do not like being depressed. In fact, I'm not good at it at all. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, I've had horrible things happen to me. We've all gone through stuff. I just can't live there. Uh, there's something in me, and I believe it was passed down to me, both from God and from my parents, that it's like, you know what? There's a good side of life. I'm not the girl that's glass half empty. I'm the girl that's glass half full. God is good. The whole depression thing is difficult for me. I, I can remember going through a really hard time, and then I'm like, you know what? Like, I don't even know how to be depressed. <laughs> like, I just, after a little bit, it's like, this is not working for me. So I decided, you know, I generally don't participate <laughs> in that kind of a thing. My mom passed down to me a big old smile. If you saw the two of our faces, we look half the same. We both have a huge smile. So I get that from my mom. There's all kinds of things that you have in your family line that have been passed down to you. And I know those were just kind of some fun things. But really, if we take a good look at what our family has passed down to us, we can begin to appreciate and to be grateful. I think tonight some people might even need to go home and write a list. Let's not look for the bad. Let's write a list of the good. What good thing is in me that has been passed down from my family or from God, from heaven above. I think that would be a good thing for us to do. Now, practically speaking, going into Christmas, and I know that family dynamics can be a little bit interesting. And I found a verse that I feel like will help us, a couple verses. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God has commanded you so that you may live long and it may go well with you in the land the Lord your God has given you. Sometimes I think that maybe life isn't going well because we haven't obeyed that command. It's not even a suggestion. It's not like if your parents earn the fact that they are good parents, then you can honor them. The, the Bible doesn't say that. Actually, there's no prerequisite for the parent, which is just so interesting. It's like they are your parents and you are meant to honor them. Whether they deserve to be honor, honored, 
We can't ask our parents to earn our honor simply by fact that they birthed us. We are to honor who they are, honor their position. And the Bible says that when we do that, it will go well for us. We gotta take a step back sometimes and look at, and I'm, I'm not denying the fact that there are some really painful circumstances, and I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't put in healthy boundaries if we need those healthy boundaries. But even in those boundaries, there is a way to honor. And I wanna challenge each one of us. If we struggle in our family line to honor, could we ask Jesus to show us how? Can we inquire of the Lord and say, God, show me. God, speak to me on what honor looks like for me in my situation, in my circumstance, in my family. God, how do I honor? And I'm telling you, when we ask, we receive. God is good to us. We can do that so that it may go well with us. Here's another verse says in James 1, 19 through 21, my dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. Be quick to listen, but slow to speak and slow to become angry. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. I don't know about you, but I need sometimes a continual deliverance. I like go from one deliverance to another deliverance. Why? Because human nature is just that. It's easy to get angry. And the Bible says, you know, be, be slow to, to speak or be, and, and, and be fast to listen. I don't know about you, but that, that's hard for me because I'm the kind of girl that when somebody's talking to me, I'm like in my head sometimes finishing their sentence and fixing their problem and moving to the next thing. Or in my head, like, I'm, I, like my head is going faster, right? And so then all of a sudden my mouth can move really quick and it's like, no, I need to learn how to, to pause and to listen and to hear. How many of us, if we did that over Christmas this year, could that change everything? Instead of leaning into our human nature, lean into our God nature. Instead, when we are prone to anger because something unjust happened, instead we step back and go, no, no, the Bible says to be slow to anger, God help me in this moment. Man, the family feuds that could not happen if we just did what the Bible says, to be slow to, to anger. So many things um, that we can really uh, be able to do, be quick to listen, be slow to speak, and slow to become angry. The word of life has power to continually deliver us. So I think just practically, I wanted to help people as we go into this season to just have a few little things that we could put into our pocket when those times roll around and they always do for the opportunity to get upset, for the opportunity for all of these things. We can go, you know what? Not gonna do what I've always done. I'm gonna switch gears. And I'm telling you, when you begin to operate that way, your family is like, what happened to you? Your friends are like, who are you? You would have usually flown off the handle, but not today. Not today, devil. No, not today. Come on, we're doing good? Okay. Number three, we're going to move on to another awesome gift. Are you ready? Gift of unmerited favor and grace. Unmerited favor and grace. I love this gift. You don't have to earn this gift. 
It's just given. God's grace, our undeserved favor. I think more people don't tap into this that, that need to. I, I believe absolutely we give our lives to the Lord. Now in, in this room, we're, we're saved. We have received Jesus into our life. And guess what? By nature of doing that, that means that we have received grace. That we didn't earn anything and yet we are given. How good is God? And so when I think of unmerited grace and unmerited favor, that's like, you know what? I can walk out of my house and I can expect good things. That's actually an expectation that's healthy in God. Now for me, I like to put this into practice often. And so I'll get up and I'm like, thank you, God, unmerited favor in my life. Thank you for above. I'll just like, we can claim these things. Yeah, we don't have to always be set on the negative. Look at the positive in God. And so um, I remember um, a few years ago, a friend of mine gave me this amazing uh, gift. And it was a gift to the spa. Come on, girls. Yeah. So the gift, and guys, I don't know, what is it you like to do, hunt or something? The gift of hunting? <laughs> hunt and spa. Although, yeah. Okay. Um, guys, I'm sure there's some really great things for you as well. So you think of that. Anyway, so I... Um, so I got given this gift to the spot. Now this was insane because it was like literally like hundreds of dollars. Like I would have never spent that much money going into a spa, but I had this gift so much easier to receive. And so um, I was there. Actually, Pastor Emma received this gift as well. Yeah, the two of us did. So we were like pumped because now we have a friend and we're going to the spa and it's awesome. Okay. And so we go, we go on this, you know, we, we do the whole spa thing. It's amazing. We walk out. Um, we had so much, you know, so much money. Like, it was ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, I don't know. What, you know what? I'll take that. I want to get that. Like, it was, we were, like, set for, like, a while. Anyways, after the whole thing, the lady said to me, okay, um, you have a little bit left over, so make sure you apply that when you come. So I left, and then, you know, a few months later, I remembered, oh, my gosh, I still have a little bit left on that gift card. Amazing. I'm going to go in. And so I go in, and then I tell them, oh, I'm looking at this, but I have a little, just a little bit left on a gift card. And they looked at it, and they go, yeah, you have $400. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure I don't have $400. And they're like, well, that's what the computer says. And I'm like, well, here's the thing, because I'm thinking, like, this is amazing, this is good, this is awesome, but I don't want that call, like, a month later, like, you owe $400 to the spa. And so I'm like, I'm going to be honest here. So I'm like, hey, listen, I came in a little while ago. I already spent those funds. I have just a little bit left. I'm pretty sure I don't have that much funds. The lady looks at me, she goes, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> the computer says you have $400. Unmerited favor. God, I thank you. Lord, I receive. God gives good gifts to his kids. He takes care of us. Why? Because he takes delight and pleasure in us. I did not earn that spot. I didn't earn the first one, and I sure as heck didn't earn the second one. And yet I got to enjoy it. 
listen to what um, Joseph Prince wrote an awesome book called Unmerited Favor. And I'm just going to read just a little excerpt so that we understand biblically that this is actually true. It's not just my word. It's the, it's the word of God. Romans 5, 1 through 2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How do you access God's unmerited favor? How do you walk in greater measures of it? Romans 5, 2 tells us we have access by faith into his grace. Another word for grace is unmerited favor in which we stand. So to gain access to and increase in God's unmerited favor, the key that we need to have is faith. Faith for what? Faith to believe that we are indeed highly favored by God. Didn't we establish in the first point, you're his favorite. Why would he not want to shower you with blessings? You're his favorite. Highly favored by God. Why can't we believe that we are highly favored by God? Have we been so conditioned by the world that we can't even allow our minds to believe in the goodness of God in the land of the living. Ephesians 1.6 tells us that by God's grace, his unmerited favor, God made us accepted into the beloved. In the original Greek text, the word accepted is the word charitu, which means highly favored. So because God has placed you in Christ, the beloved, you are highly favored. Joseph Prince says to do this every morning, and I agree with him. So we're going to all say this together. Are you guys ready? He says this. He wakes up every morning and boldly declares. So we're going to boldly declare. Because I am in Christ, I am highly favored. So I expect good things to come my way. Come on. How good is God? He is good. Let's give an applause. God is good. Unmerited favor in our life. I could tell story after story after story about the goodness of God, about unmerited favor in my own life. I could go on forever. It's just so many things that have happened along the way that that shouldn't have happened or that seemed like, how did that happen? It's God. He's a good God and he loves us kids. Point number four, the gift of sowing and reaping. The gift of sowing and reaping. So not only do we walk in unmerited favor and grace, but also we have been given a gift to sow and to reap. And now sowing and reaping is so beautiful because it doesn't just exist only in money or finances, but in everything. Whatever you sow into in faith, in God, you can also receive. It's a principle that God has in place for us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 8, The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace all unmerited favor abound to you so that you have so that having all sufficiency all sufficiency in all things at all times you may abound in every 
good work. How good is that? We can sow into people. We can sow into the things that, that, that we would love. In our, sometimes even sowing into our own uh, pain. You know, areas of hardship in our life. I don't know about you, but I have found that something that has probably unlocked the joy on the inside of me is that in the areas that I have struggled in, I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna invest into somebody else. Oh, the goodness of God. When you have your own pain in your own life and yet you go, you know what? I'm gonna sow into somebody else's pain. And you see the goodness of God in their face. You know what that does? It brings encouragement into your own heart. It brings encouragement into your own spirit. I felt the times in my life when I have been in the most pain, when things have gone wrong, and yet able just to step out and sow into somebody else, I see God in them. And it brings encouragement to my heart. I remember uh, uh, many years ago, I had decided that um, I wanted to really sow seeds into, into men, knowing that one day I would reach or I would receive a harvest of those seeds in one man. Now, that's an awesome thing. I'm like, okay, I'm going to sow respect. I'm going to sow honor. I'm going to encourage not just women, but also men. You know what the interesting thing is? Not only do I know one day all of those wonderful seeds will come into fruition, but also while the wait, though it's been long, um, I have noticed in my life that I have the respect and the honor of both men and women. To hear the beautiful words of Mikey Yeager, that's not by accident nor by chance, though he's an amazing human being. But I know that for me, I had made a choice a long time ago to sow respect into men, to sow encouragement. And any chance I get, I do that. And then I look now and I look back on my life and in the roles that God has put me in to be able to minister and to encourage both men and women. And I've gotten to receive what that looks like. How awesome is that? We can sow into people. And in fact, tonight, I felt from God to, to do something um, kind of special. You might notice a little prop that I have here. This is a coach bracelet. Yep. Um... <laughs> I felt from God to sow into things that I want. And I want jewelry. I want all kinds of, I want all kinds of spiritual gifts. But yes, we also live in a natural world. And I am a partaker of both. And so I felt to spend my own money to give jewelry that I might receive. Now, last week, to be honest with you, I preached this message at East Campus. And I had a Tiffany necklace that I bought with my own money. And I was able to sew that Tiffany necklace into a beautiful woman that I didn't know. The funny thing was, afterwards, she came up to me and she goes, you don't remember me. But you actually sponsored me years ago to go to my first Cherish conference. The very same woman, all these years later, I was able to invest into. Now, I talked about unmerited favor and grace. And here's the thing. When you, not only do you, when you walk in unmerited favor and grace, you just get things that are awesome. But also when you live under an open heaven of sowing and reaping. Can I encourage us, when we sow and reap in the area of finance, that leaves heaven open. Why would we want it shut? I want to live under an open heaven, not a closed heaven. I want to live under a promise and not a curse. 
And so I had found that uh, years ago, I remember giving to some families and um, realizing that um, in a couple of these particular families, it was like watching money or funds just fall through their hands. Like no matter how much you gave or the different opportunities that they received, it would just fall through. I kind of did a little bit of research and, and I got to thinking, and a couple of us got to thinking, this was in church, it was years ago, and we're like, man, do they tithe? Because if you tithe, you live under an open heaven. And so we had some conversations, you know, a bit sensitive, but asked the question, hey, do you tithe? Do you give of your, uh, of your income 10%? Only to find out that they did not. I was aha. Listen, you want to be able to do that so that the money doesn't flow through your fingers, but you actually can keep those things. So whilst I believe in unmerited favor, I also believe in the principle of sowing and giving. And last week when I did this, I sewed, and it was so funny because in the morning I had sewed that gift, and by the time I came to the 5 p.m. service, someone had texted me, a beautiful friend, and said, there's a gift for you in the green room. And I was like, a gift? They're like, it's not a Christmas gift, it's just a gift that I had on my heart. I'm like, that's crazy. So I'm like, okay. And when I walked in, everybody's like, Stacey, did you go, did you see the... And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't gone in there yet. And I walk in, and it's this big red box, Valentino. What? I almost wore them tonight, but I wanted to wear high tops because I figured I could move around a little bit more. But I'm like, what in the, you know what? God's principles work. Unmerited favor in my life. That person had no idea what I had been sowing into, no idea about the message of the morning. And yet this person said, God told me. God reminded me to give this to you. She didn't even know my size, and they were my perfect fit. Just so that God's signature is on it. <laughs> Amen. Okay, I say all of that to say I bought a coach, a gold coach bracelet, and I wanted to give that away tonight. And I felt on my heart to give it to you beautiful in the maroon sweater. Yep, right back there. Can you give me a big wave? Yep, that's you. You're looking around. The cranberry maroon sweater and black. Did you guys see her? Yeah, her. Yeah. Yeah. Can you come get your gift? <laughs> I wanted to give you that. <laughs> now, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know her, and I don't know her story, but I know that God is good, and he loves us, and he favors us, and God wanted you to know And I come to my last point, and if I could get the worship team up here, that would be great. My last point. Oh, they're here. Look at that. Unmerited favor and grace. It just happened just like that. <laughs> He's a good, good father. Man. Uh, my last point is this, one of my favorite points, and we hit on it actually earlier. My last point is this, the gift of joy. 
the gift of joy. There is sadness, there is heartache, and there is pain. And I don't deny those things in our life, but there is also joy that can come each and every morning because God is faithful to us. God began to share a little bit of revelation on joy with me that I want to share real quickly with you tonight. And one of the first areas of joy, I believe, is the choice of joy. Not that it just, like Pastor Mike said, happiness just is fleeting and comes upon us, but joy is something we can choose. Joy is something that we can hold on to. Joy is something that isn't just um, on the basis of circumstance or situation. Because if we live there, there'd be a lot of heartache and pain. But instead, there's a place in God that we can choose His joy. Um, One quick little story I'm going to tell about this point, and then I'm going to share some truths, is, um, you know, you don't always know the backstory to things. You see people and you're like, oh, just joyous, but don't know any of the backstory. Usually a backstory. I have many, but I'm going to share one kind of fun one that happened to me recently where I had to choose joy. Um, I want to show you guys the clip that we played for Cherish Conference. Um, I'm going to have you watch the clip, and then I'm going to share with you the backstory. Go ahead and take a look at the screen. Women, you need to register, okay? Shameless plug. Um, Now, the backstory to this is that um, our wonderful team had gotten together and decided on this wonderful promo. Um, They came to us and they said, you know, Pastor Emma, Stacy, Becky, we want you guys to be the ones to jump out of the airplane. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Actually, I have jumped out of a plane one other time in my life. And that was when we had an opportunity years ago with our church. Um, we had a group of Navy SEALs that were jumping, and they invited us to jump with them. So that was a very unique opportunity. I thought, well, if I am going to jump out of a plane, maybe I should have a Navy SEAL on my back. And so that was an easier choice. I was like, I will survive. And so 
I never had destined in my heart or in my life to like dream of jumping out of an airplane. Like that had never happened to me. And now for the second time, I'm being asked to jump out of an airplane. And I'm like, you know what? I'm good. And um, the team was like really insistent. No, no, no. I'm like, pick someone else that hasn't done it. And they're like, no, no, we want you three. So there we are, all three of us. We go down to the place and um, they usually do this thing where they get you together and they share for you, share with you for about five minutes, like the instructions, because that's all you need, five minutes to jump out of an airplane. And so five minutes. And so um, we're there in a circle and there's another couple that's there with us. And this um, elderly gentleman comes walking out. And um, we also notice an accent, like a Russian accent. And we cannot understand a thing that he is saying. And we're like, what, what? And all of them are like, all, we're all kind of freaking out because we're like, we don't understand anything you're saying. He walks away, like training done. In one minute, this couple that's not with us goes, are we on candid camera? Like, is this meant to be a joke? Now I'm the only seasoned person jumping out of airplanes. So I begin to share with them what's about to happen. Try to console them. And so... Then we go off and the lady comes up to us and she's like, okay, you guys good to go? And we're like, well, no, um, we had an elderly Russian man. God bless elderly Russian men. But when I'm about to jump out of an airplane, I need to understand in my own language. I'm like, it's not even Spanish or Portuguese. I can speak Spanish, but no Russian. And so anyway, so I'm like, oh my gosh, now this is really important that everything goes well because when you jump out of an airplane also, they tell you to smile as big as possible. Otherwise your cheeks flap in the wind. So I'm like, listen, I'm gonna be on camera. Like I need to be smiling and I'm really scared right now. And so they go, okay, listen, here's, you know, yeah, well, let me answer your questions. They answer our questions. They're like, okay, we're gonna pair you up with the person that you're gonna jump with. And we're like, okay. And so there's Pastor Becky and this guy comes out and he looks like a model from GQ. He's like six foot whatever. And you know, it just looks like this model. Oh, here you go, Pastor Becky. She's like, okay. We're like, she's married, she's married. And then, um, and then this super athletic woman with like this great, you know, personality comes out and they're like, oh, Pastor Emma, here you go. And I'm waiting for my person. And all of a sudden the elderly Russian man walks out. And I'm like, oh, this is not gonna go well. And so I'm like, listen, I'm not that kind of person, but I am not going with him. Like, you need to find me somebody else. What if something happens and I don't understand him? I am jumping out of an airplane. They're like, I'm sorry. No, you need, okay, we're gonna go check. They go check. They come back and they're like, that is who you were. And now I'm like, he was right there when I said that. So I'm like, great, I've offended the man. I've offended the elderly Russian man and my life is in his hands and my cheeks need to not flap in the wind. I have never in all of my life, like I, I really was like, I do not wanna do this. Like I'm being honest. Like I was like, I don't wanna do this. And I just thought like, oh, this video has a purpose, okay? And I begin to like preach to myself. And I'm like, God, you have a plan for my life. It's not meant to end now. Jesus, you knew this moment was gonna happen. And in that moment, a choice. And I just thought, you know what? I've got to choose joy. 
I'm not going to back out of this. I'm not going to have a bad attitude, even though everything in me wants to. I'm going to choose joy, and I'm going to jump out of that airplane, and I will be in God's hands. Luckily, I made it through, so you see me here tonight, so it all worked. It's good. Always a backstory, and that's kind of a funny story, but how often does that happen in our life? where bad things happen or unusual or things we never thought would ever happen, happen. And then we have a choice to make. Am I gonna lean into depression? Am I gonna lean into the words of the devil? Am I gonna, what amen we heard this morning from Pastor Jurgen? am I going to amen? What words? Let them be the words of God. Bible says rejoice always. Let me give you one revelation and then we are going to have a praise party up in this place. Are you guys ready? That's why I got the whole worship team here with me. Okay. Um, the Bible says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Psalm 94, 9. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. How do we rejoice in the Lord always? That verse never made sense to me if I were honest with you. Because I thought, well, you break a leg. I'm not going to rejoice that my leg is broken. And I felt God say, exactly. You don't rejoice when pain happens. You don't rejoice when a bad health report happens. You don't rejoice when you're like Paul stuck in a prison, even though it's unjust. You don't rejoice. You know what you do? You rejoice in God. You don't rejoice in the pain. You don't rejoice in the circumstance. You rejoice in God, our Savior. You because we serve an endless God. I do not lean into, oh, when I broke my leg, it's pain. No, I rejoice that Jesus is my healer. I don't rejoice when I feel the trappings of this world try to bring me down. I rejoice in the chain breaker who is my God. I rejoice in God, my deliverer, when I feel captive. I rejoice always, not in my situation and circumstance, Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, team, and what we do at C3 San Diego, go to C3SanDiego.com. 